What up, what up, what up, what to do, what to do, what to do? We in here. This is Thought Vomit. Private thoughts for public consumption. It's your boy, Mitch Marchand. And, uh, yeah, once again, we in this thing and uh, trying to have a good time and talk about some crazy stuff that went on during the week. And uh, the week didn't disappoint. The week did not disappoint. It's a whole lot going on, man. Big shout out to all the Thought Vomit listeners, the new listeners. Just want to thank you guys for the continued support us. Um, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, and uh, that's all a man could ask for. Just a little bit of love out there with your ears and all that good stuff. I sound crazy, but fuck it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get to it, man. Some of the oddest things happening in the Kardashian family, man. I mean, like, really, really, really weird shit. Like, their home is, like, always on. Like, I mean, you know, they probably got lighting fixtures up in that motherfucker just for, like, for all the cameras. And a Wi-Fi must be incredible. Because last week, Kim Kardashian had her, herself quite a little week. She went off on Rhyme Fest, who was uh, a guy from Chicago who's in charge of uh, Don's house, which is the charity that was... um supposedly had been started by Kanye named in his mother's name yeah she just went off on Rhyme Fest on Twitter and like tried to play him but Chicago came extremely hard and rolled for Rhyme Fest as they should and it's like Kim Kardashian really needs to keep her fucking mouth shut like like I don't I don't look to Kim Kardashian for uh to speak on social issues and I know, you know, sometimes when you're a quote-unquote celebrity, we still don't know what she does, or we know what she does. But it's just weird. Like, why are you even speaking on that man's name in that way? And Ron Fest was, you know, eloquent, you know, and responded to her in kind. But then Chicago came hard, and they rolled for uh, Ron Fest in regards to Donda's house. I think that's amazing. I think that's dope. I just think it's crazy that, you know, Kanye can find himself very, very quick to his Twitter account to uh, talk about how much he loves Donald Trump, but wouldn't get on and speak about his involvement in a, in a charity that he that he supposedly started, that Ron Fest was running, and his name and his late mother's name, and... You know, from every from all the accounts of people that work within the organization, Kanye ain't really fucking with the kids of Chicago. So you just constantly taking these L's, like just the how can you get into the more sunken place? I guess is what you're trying to do. Like you're you're already like falling back out of the chair, but my man, you were like it's be, it's like. Kanye is doing some shit that 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 can't even be defined as wilding out. That's like we gotta come up with a whole new word. It's just going Kanye, cause it's not crazy. Cause I don't want to just use that word loosely. I don't know if it's that, but I just I, I never ever thought. I mean, you know, first of all, I'm not no like Yeezy fan like that. Like I know there's people that like almost pray to the church of this nigga. But I, I, I'm I'm not one of those people. I like his music. I like you know his early work, but I haven't been you know a big fan of 
of his music lately, and I haven't really been a humongous fan of him, even though he's a guy speaking speaking the way he feels. I just feel like a lot of that shit is bullshit, and the way he feels is very like speaking from a from a from a tower above, passing judgment on on people that are really in the in the know and that that are really involved in the fight, in particular with this rhyme fest situation. But Kim K um, got her ass handed to her on um, on Twitter after that fiasco, and then I guess in some attempt to save face and 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 make herself look like less than the bitch that she was to Romfest on Twitter, she ended up going to the White House this week to speak on prison reform. Now I got one question. I need to know one thing, and I need somebody to help me out. When the fuck did Kim Kardashian give a fuck about prison reform? I mean, you know, I don't need it, it, it's it's so beyond bizarre that I can't even quite quantify it. It makes no fucking sense. It makes zero sense. And she goes to the White House to speak to President Trump. About prison reform Now I will say this In Kim K's defense She certainly cares about niggas If her dating history Says anything But she ain't dating no criminals I mean the only thing Is criminal that she dated Is you know the views of Her fucking husband right now Cause that's criminal But apparently she Um has advocated, she went to advocate for a pardon for a low-level drug offender named uh, Alice Marie Johnson, who has served more than 20 years in prison. So uh, she had tweeted um, on Wednesday after she tried to, like, swing the love back in her direction after she was uh, trending for all the wrong shit. That's the one thing about Twitter I never want to be. Now, first of all, I never trended, but I definitely don't want to trend for two things. One, death. And two, because I'm getting dragged on Twitter. I would, I really don't want either of those things to happen in my life. But Kim Kardashian had uh, tweeted, um, "Happy birthday, Alice Marie Johnson. Today is for you." Um, and she had the little prayer hand emojis. So I don't know what publicist gave her uh, that job to, to fill, but uh, they they sent her off to um, to the White House, and then her and Trump took this weird. I mean, as weird as the whole idea of them having this meeting, the picture that they took that Trump posted almost is the perfect. It it will be the album cover for that weird meeting. It's perfect. She's like not really standing next to him. He's staring with that, you know, fucking used car salesman grin of his. She's kind of like trying to give like sexy eye. It's just it's just the weirdest shit in the world. It's like it's like it looked like. Of a, a, a joke picture that somebody photoshopped, but then you have then you come to realize that no, Donald Trump really is the president. He really is in the Oval Office, and Kim Kardashian wants to go fucking visit him. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe that. So you know, after they had the meeting and took this weird awkward picture. Uh, she released a statement and said, I would like to thank President Trump for his time this afternoon. It is our hope that the president will grant clemency to Miss Miss Alice Marie Johnson, who is serving a life sentence for a first time nonviolent 
drug offense. And she said further in her statement, we are optimistic about Mrs. Johnson's future and hopeful that she and so many like her will get a second chance at life. Now listen, uh, I think it's an amazing thing to, to make this attempt. I just don't trust Kim Kardashian being the liaison for prison reform. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it feels like um, we'll be seeing this meeting on an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which is really the only reason they do anything is to, you know, have it filmed and play out on their reality show. It's just, you know, the bizarreness of the bizarreness just gets more and more bizarre. And then uh, this week, Kanye dropped his new album called Yay. That's that's catchy. Um, but the cover art uh, has a picture of like these mountains in a field. And it's written, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. I mean, it's just these motherfuckers. They just waste money. <laughs> they just don't give a fuck, man. They just, they just out here just doing dumb shit. But anyway, you know, Kanye. I just can't fuck with the dude, man. I, I like again. This is we're on episode nine, and in conjunction with just about, I think every episode has been a, a, a topic of discussion that centered around Kanye, and he's just done. And everything I've been talking about is in. In regard to not not having to do anything with his music, but just the the complete fuck up that he's become, m- making these in- incredibly crazy statements, and you know on top of all of that, you know I'm, I mean you know it's the slavery was a choice, uh, buying Whitney Houston's um, picture for uh, for a Pusha T's album cover, you know it, the the list goes on and on of uh, to the just everything that he's done and I just can't support dude no more man and I, I, I just can't do it I know a couple of my friends I know it's a few friends of mine who I, I love dearly listen to the album and you know have said nice things about it I just I can't I, I just can't I can't stream I don't even want that I don't want anybody that thinks that way Rapping in my ears I don't know what he's putting in his music That shit That shit is like Devil work right now I don't know what's going on With this dude But Um Yeah I'm not fucking with it I'm not fucking with it No offense to anybody that is Um I, Like I say I always say as, as 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 harsh as I sound When I talk about Kanye It's always my sincere hope That that motherfucker Gets himself together But Then again man There's way bigger issues out there That we need to fucking tackle Like he's 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 becoming a vacuum. He's sucking up the energy that needs to be applied to other places. Now, in a positive note, in good hip hop news, Black Thought released the album, and I'm mad at Black Thought for one reason and one reason only. Why is it five songs, my guy? Why is it five songs? Like we need. A double album of you just spitting that fucking wizardry. I mean, I mean, he's got some incredible joints. Um, I think Ninth Verse Thought is like my favorite joint. But 
All five of them are, are amazing. He got a crazy joint with Styles P. Um, just incredible, incredible ear candy. Let's get into that. Let's support Black Thought, who has been nothing if but consistent in his career. You know, I was worried about the Roots because when they um, became the band for the uh, Tonight Show, I got a little nervous. I thought uh, Jimmy Fallon took our, our, our favorite rap group away. And, uh, you know, apparently, I mean, you know, Black Thought has continued to spit crazy stuff. And, you know, Roots still make great music. And it's just good to, you know, to see somebody that's been doing this for so long to uh, at the same time be doing it consistently. And he's getting his bag every night on at the Tonight Show. So, you know, I'm just I'm I'm just really happy for that guy. I'm 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 really super duper um excited about this project. I think it's um amazing work. I just needed to be longer, Black Thought. Like, yo. Like you know what we listening to nowadays, like not a whole lot out there, man. Give us ten. What's up with these like under double digit albums y'all dropping out here nowadays? You know the whole good music is just dropping seven songs on they shit. Black Thought said, "I'll see your seven and give motherfuckers five. But c- congrats to him, man. I really, uh, I think he did a great job on that. And now I, I really like it just because the, the the album title is called. Streams of Thought Volume 1 So from Thought Vomit To Streams of Thought Volume 1 I salute you And uh Want to see you continue doing what you do Big shout out to you Um Since we're in the hip hop space Let me just ask a question When is the appropriate time to respond in a rap beat? Is it 48 hours? Is it 72 hours? Or is it like when you when you ready to spit some shit, you know I think it's really interesting. Um, I think the internet has made it so like we have the ability to drop music so quickly. Like as at like when Drake within 24 hours dropped the Duppy Freestyle uh, aimed at Pusha T. But Pusha took a little while. He gave himself the weekend. He took his time, and then he responded. The story of Adidon. Wow. So, here we are in 2018, and we find out that Pusha T has um, a completely different skill set. You know, we, we knew he was a ex-drug dealer who um, has had a very successful rap career. What we didn't know about Pusha T was that he was an investigative journalist. The likes that Dan Rather and Leslie Stahl and the great Walter Cronkite. We didn't know that he was that level of investigative journalist. But um, he really just dissected Drake's life. And... I guess he says, I will not be Meek Mill. I will not be Meek Mill by you. And I'm sure Meek Mill is somewhere, you know, smiling and happy because we now have a true battle. The story of Adidon is just, just, just ill and disrespectful and just thinking about some of the lines he spit. I got, I got like the screw face right now while I'm recording, like... 
it just makes you you take offense to it and he's not even talking about you it makes you feel a way like if a nigga ever said any of this shit if a nigga unveiled my baby that I was hiding and talked about the the porn star I had the baby with and then talked about my mama's and my mama and my dad's relationship and talk about how she was always like second place like what the fuck Pusha T like my god you 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 body you bodied the nigga man I mean, just last week, I was like, hey, Drake, you're making light-skinned niggas look good. Well, fellas, light-skinned niggas, you better go get your man. You better go revive him. You better go resuscitate Drake. Because apparently, Drake's response to Pusha T's lyrical assassination was to release a note, (laughs) a a, a statement via... uh, iPhone note <laughs> like why is he using the iPhone note to make statements first of all that, we're just getting weird with our iPhones I know it, it can do it but should we do it is the question and <laughs> and, and the, the note was in response because on top of everything about the story of Addy Don just as a song itself as a disc record it goes up there with with the ethers and the, I see the bitch in you like the the, the great Disc records of hip hop history It's already there And it's only been a a little over a week or so But The album cover Is a Was a picture of a dude in blackface And I honest to God For like a couple of hours I didn't know That the dude in blackface Was Drake So Apparently Drake did this Um I don't know, I guess what he wanted to call like a social commentary photo shoot, um, basically depicting the struggle of African-American actors. And uh, that's what the statement in, in the notes said. That's what he wrote down in his statement. So he, I guess, cleared it up. It, it was an artistic thing. It wasn't him, you know, disrespecting or, you know, being on some cool shit. He was trying to say that's how actors get treated in the industry. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong But I just need Drake to know one thing And it's very, very important And I hope he's listening Everybody shut up Just listen to me Drake When somebody comes at you In that form of fashion I need you to get your nuts up And respond in rhyme, sir Not in notes Where's the fucking song at, bro? I hope you're taking this time to do something that is going to shatter dark-skinned niggas into the abyss. There will be no more braid. Like, I want you to blow people's braids back. Because here's the thing. I have no no skin in the game. It's like very much how I had no nobody that I cared about who uh, won in, wins in the NBA Finals. Like, I don't, I don't root for either team. I just want the chaos. I want the chaos. It's... It's as, as Pusha T puts it at the start of um, Story of Adidon It's a surgical summer Well let's get surgical Drake You out there um, You switched up You switched up And now everybody's looking for you 
But back to my original question, like, when is the appropriate time to respond? And I did a little bit of research. And, you know, hip-hop is littered with rap beefs. You know, its history is rich with rappers calling each other out. And in terms of responding to jabs, I think technology put a timeline on responses. This is what happens. Because I, I did some research. I was, I was getting my Google on. And I found, I, I, I didn't remember this. Because, you know, revisionist history, when you think about Jay-Z dropping the takeover, it seemed like the ether was right behind it. But it was actually months apart. Like, months apart. Uh, because the takeover was on Jay's album. And um, Ether was on uh, um, Stillmatic. And I'm, you know, it, it, they, were, they, were, it, they were essentially album cuts. They weren't like songs made and dumped off on the SoundCloud for all of our listening enjoyment. These were records that were constructed... To take aim at each other But through the lens of um, uh, Being dropped on albums So I think technology The fact that we have the ability to You know like re- right now my, my producer Kaz is in here And I'm, I'm making this podcast And he's going to do a couple little tweaks And I can fly this thing out to you tonight If we could Right But if we want to get it right We're going to take some time and, 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 and do what we do here at Thought Vomit To make it sound good for y'all Right And I don't think we have to put um, a time release on on music. I think it, it, I think because sometimes I think Drake is actually listening to this story of Adidon song ad nauseum. He's got to because, like I say, the, the the album makes the song makes me so angry, and I'm not the one being talked about. So I can't imagine being Drake sitting up in his house in Calabasas. And or or in Toronto, uh, walking around with a Raptors jersey on, and, but I, I envision like he's walking around a Raptors jersey with with no shorts on, with like with like underwear on, like tidy whities Like he's wearing it like a jersey dress right now. It's not a good look. You're walking around with a jersey dress with um uh, with with them Fenty um. Flip flops, the little furry flip flops that Rihanna made. She probably left some at your house. That's what you look like you're wearing right now, Drake. But there is, I, I want you to drop something. I want you to respond to this. I mean, but I, I, maybe you got to get your investigative journalism hat on. Get your Walter Cronkite on. Do your Leslie Stahl. Maybe you got to do something like that because this shit didn't hit the fan. But take your time. Nas waited a couple of months And when Nas dropped Ether It is now a term But my boy Drake This week You got Ether And it's time for you To figure out what you gonna do Cause nice for what Is a really nice ditty for the ladies But this is man shit Time to roll up your sleeves Get your, get, get your, get your, uh, get your knees dirty Getting in, getting to that fight. You know what's crazy about life is um, started thought vomit a few few months ago. I've been you know enjoying this experience. Like I, I, I'm really, really having the time of my life. I'm enjoying this thing so much, and I'm enjoying the, the response that I'm getting. When we drop, I get the links from my producer Cas. And I, I start to make my posts. I post 
And I have two different accounts when I do Thought Vomit. I have my, my personal at Mitch Marshawn account, and then I have my uh, Thought Vomit account, Thought Vomit podcast um, on, on Instagram and on Twitter. I have two account. I have basically four social media accounts. Oh, not to not to not to uh, include my Facebook page that I have. So when I'm posting the, the um, thought vomit when we first drop, I'm posting it on several different accounts, and it takes me. You know, I'm not that technologically savvy, so it takes me a little bit of time. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know the, the shortcuts, so I, I I have to do it sometimes very cut and pasty, right? But I get it done, because you guys get to hear it, and you guys have been listening, right? But I don't have five burner accounts, and apparently, I'm not like Brian Colangelo, who happens to be the uh, general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, and... It was discovered today, uh, I mean, it was discovered this week um, in a story that came out on uh, The Ringer, uh, which is a site run by Bill Simmons, who's uh, one of my favorite uh, sports writers. He has a great podcast. I listen to it. Uh, Bill's, um, and just, I, I, I've, I've been reading Bill Simmons since he was at ESPN. He had his own column. He does great documentaries. He's actually the exec producer of the Andre the Giant documentary and the guy behind 30 for 30 for ESPN. So this dude knows his stuff. Um, but he had another writer that works under him. His name is Ben Dietrich, who wrote the article about Brian Colangelo. And um, it's, it's a crazy thing that happened. Um, it broke out and began publicly when the story uh, dropped on the ringer on a Tuesday, last Tuesday. And the story linked Colangelo to five separate Twitter accounts. One that hasn't tweeted. Um, the Sixers confirmed to be owned by Colangelo, so he copped up to one of them. Others had disclosed non-public information and criticized Sixers players, um, head coach Brett Brown, and front office members from around the league. But the front office members that were basically targeted were guys that Colangelo was uh, Sam Hinkie, who uh, Brian Colangelo replaced in Philadelphia, who's been given a lot of credit in NBA circles for. Uh, the process. He always said, "Trust the process." As a matter of fact, Joel Embiid calls himself the process. So, Brian Colangelo hasn't been getting the love for putting this, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers together, and so he he clearly felt a way, <laughs> and he can't go on his own Twitter account and do it. So he's running five burner accounts allegedly, because um, as of as of this recording. Uh, it has not been uh, completely ruled out that it may be his wife or somebody else is out to get him. But it just, you know, something's looking funny in the light. It seems really suspicious. And fucking time-consuming. Like I said, like, it takes me a lot of time to, you know, roll out my tweets for thought vomit on all these different accounts that I have for social media. So we're talking about five, six accounts that I have just for... The purposes of getting my, 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 my podcast out there. Like, I don't have time to have five burner accounts. Like, don't you have a fucking job? Isn't your job to, like, go scout players or do some shit? Figure out how to raise um, the ticket prices in Philadelphia? Or, you know, how you gonna um, maybe, I don't know, uh, 
change uniform colors or some shit? Like, don't you have shit to do? Is it pre-draft workout? I mean, it's like he makes he. It, what I pulled from the whole article was that NBA general managers. I always kind of saw you guys as like hard workers, like lifers, like dudes that were in the office and never saw your kids and you ate takeout food and you know all you did was slept, drinking, ate basketball and you know trying to find a way to get the edge on another team and and improve your players. And, you know, I, I just, that's, I guess that's how I would like my, my team's NBA general manager to be. Shout out to Rob Palenka from the Los Angeles Lakers. I hope you're in a fucking office right now. And I hope you don't have five burner accounts. Fucking Rob. Stay off Twitter, man. We don't need no problems. We gotta, we're trying to have a surgical summer with these free agents. I don't, I'm the, that's the, for me, the big takeaway is it wasn't Rob Palenka. Thank God. Laker fans, we have been through too much and we have set ourselves up in such a perfect place that the last thing I want to have to fucking deal with is bad PR. And you Sixers fans, remember how fucking sassy you motherfuckers was a couple of months ago when you guys were being touted as a a team on the rise in the East? People really thought y'all was going to beat LeBron and them Like people say Y'all gonna make it To the Eastern Conference Finals at least Like they say Y'all had a chance To get to the finals That's how well Your team played this year And I just Could feel The arrogance Emanating from my Philly brethren I could feel it Coming off you You motherfuckers Was Woo You couldn't wait To talk shit And this shit happened And then you got dismissed And then y'all got Real real quiet And then this drops But I gotta say man I want to believe that somebody trying to set Brian Colangelo up. Because when you think about it, the Sixers are outside of Boston. They're, they're the, t- the two teams that are going forward, going you know into next season, are the teams to watch coming out of the East. Because who knows where LeBron's going to end up. Maybe sunny California. Maybe it's going to be Tex-Mex in Houston. But I don't think he's going to stay in Cleveland. I would be shocked if LeBron ended up staying in Cleveland. So that being said, I look I look to the, the Celtics uh, after their miraculous run in the playoffs. And uh, Philadelphia, who are uh, just about a player away, as the teams to beat in the East. Now, like I said, Bill Simmons is a Bostonian. The, the, the head of this ringer uh Podcast. They have a podcast. They have, um, you know, a whole network of uh, podcasts. They have, you know, articles. It's a, it's an amazing site, right? And this is a lot of free promo for the Ringer. But isn't it a little funny that this investigative reporting is done to besmudge their chief rival in getting free agents to come to the teams this summer? Doesn't that look a little fishy to y'all? I mean, you know, I like a good conspiracy theory. So what if I told you (laughs) that a Bostonian who ran a sports website sought to destroy the chances of his chief rival ever acquiring LeBron James? I don't know. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Sounds a little funny, man. I just don't know though I could be wrong 
I could be wrong. And that brings us to the NBA Finals. Now, at uh, full disclosure, this this show was taped on a Saturday, so we haven't even seen Game Two. But man, Game One was a motherfucker. Game One was a motherfucker. And like just last week, I posed the question: Are we being too hard on LeBron James? And damn it, LeBron went off in Game One. He had fifty-one points, eight rebounds, eight assists. I mean, LeBron, he went off. And then J.R. Smith went J.R. Smith. With the game tied, George Hill misses a free throw, and I'll get back to that. George Hill misses a free throw. And Kevin Durant forgot to box out J.R. Smith, who easily gets the rebound. With a very little little bit of time on the clock, all J.R. Smith had to do was put the ball back up. They possibly score, and they possibly win the game. But did Jr. do that? No, because you know with Jr. anything is possible. You know that the Henny God Jr. Smith, he takes the ball and dribbles all the way out to the three-point line, burning the clock. And what he ended up doing was, of course, passing the ball to George Hill, who got threw up a shot, but it was already over. They had to go into overtime and gave us, gave the meme community one of the greatest pictures in the history of the NBA Finals. It's LeBron literally eviscerating him for not knowing the time and the situation, which is something that all basketball players on all levels are supposed to know. My son is 13 years old, plays AAU basketball, they're, they're taught that at a very young age. But you know with JR, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And that picture has given has as as it as it would, as I expected, has released a million fucking amazing memes. It is the new picture. It's the it's the new gold standard for when you're basically trying to say, nigga, to your boy. Like what is you doing? Nigga, what is you doing? That's what that picture says. That is the the the, the embodiment of that picture. And so game one goes down. Um, they go into overtime. LeBron runs out of gas. And the Cavs waste a golden opportunity to uh, steal one in Golden State. It got it got real chippy too. The game got real chippy, and I liked it. It was it was really worth the price of admission. Even though I didn't pay to get into the sports bar I went to, it was, it was worth all the all the Tito's and tonics I drank. But uh, it was late in the, late in the, in the game, and um, uh, Steph Curry tries to um, take up a, a little uh, jive, a little layup, and LeBron blocks it. And then Steph and LeBron had like a, a couple of words. And I was like, all right, Steph, I feel you. Like, you know, don't take no shit off nobody. Don't take no shit off nobody, man. And then Clay got involved. And I was like, oh, this is light skin, dark skin beef. Like, like the realest shit ever. I never seen no shit like this. Not, not, you don't see no, no two, like, damn near clear niggas talking to a dark skin nigga crazy. You don't, you don't normally see that, especially in no basketball. And I was, like, really, really proud of these dudes, man. But then it escalated, and of course, Draymond Green had to get involved. And Draymond starts his chirping. 
and he said something to Tristan Thompson. And Tristan Thompson got a lot of fucking issues because you know what's going on with him. He got to deal with Khloe Kardashian and that Kardashian mama. And here we are back again. We rounded it all the way back talking about them motherfucking Kardashians. So you know the Kardashian curse had to hit somebody. And oh boy, what it hit, who did it hit? Oh, it hit Tristan Thompson. Who all of a sudden, inexplicably, tried to fucking mush Draymond Green with a basketball. Then he gets ejected. And then he points to the tunnel like, meet me in a tunnel. They clearly didn't meet in the tunnel. But, man. So, you know, at the time we come out, it'll it'll be the, the morning of game three. It'll be uh, the morning of game three. So we don't know what's going to happen. But I need either one of these teams to win in five games. That's what I need. And the reason why I need that is because... The show I write for debuts on NBC June 14th. And guess what June 14th is, kids? Game six of the NBA Finals. And listen, man, I don't want no problems. So I need you light-skinned assassins up in Golden State or the the king of Cleveland. I need one of y'all to figure it out and do it quickly. I do it quickly. LeBron, you already blew your chance. So you need to win four straight or Warriors just end it already. Just end it already. Just go five though. We need five. We need five. I think a gentleman sweep is appropriate. And I again, I just got to say, I mean, what a fucking amazing performance by LeBron James, man. I mean, this guy is literally carrying people on his back. I when I I actually went to um my nba.com app to get to pull those stats. And I just happened to look at the stat line of the rest of his team. And so LeBron's name is obviously at the top with 51 points. The next closest person was Kevin Love who had 21. After that, you niggas should be ashamed of yourselves. Cleveland, you you niggas should be ashamed of yourselves. Like I, and I and I, I talked about this before. Like, it's so dope the access that we get with the NBA. So you know, of course, when they won the Eastern Conference Finals, they you know the cameras went in the back, and Bleacher Report posted it. And it was all uh, enjoying, um, you know, drinking and, and you know having a good time and being excited about going to the finals, as every team deserves to. And LeBron has ice on every fucking body part. Now, where's your professional pride, Jordan Clarkson? You was playing with the Lakers earlier this year. You wasn't going to no motherfucking playoffs. Why all of a sudden you act like you can't shoot? What is the matter with Jordan Clarkson? They traded for you. Like, are you... Larry Nance Jr., you, you guys look so skittish and so afraid. I mean, you know, you guys... You guys are my guys at the Lakers, man. You guys are looking fucking sad. And Kyle Corville, you you have one job. Kyle Corver, you have one fucking job. And that job is to hit three-pointers. Do your fucking job. You're a white guy on a basketball team. Stand up on the three-point line and fucking shoot. What are you doing? What are you doing? I I, I mean, you know, I, I don't feel bad for LeBron. But, man. This motherfucker. I, I mean... How much ice can a man put on his body? This motherfucker was sitting in a in in a tub of ice. 
while the teammates were dancing around. Like, you niggas should need ice on your backs too. You know why? Because you're not playing hard enough. You're fucking dancing the dreams and nightmares in the locker room. You should need ice. All The whole team should need ice because y'all should be playing as hard as that man. That man deserves better. You know what you deserve, LeBron? You deserve to wear the purple and gold of the Los Angeles Lakers. Shameless plug. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no, the, the, uh, the finals is crazy. And um, like I said, just all we need is five games of fury. And uh, we can get the fuck on out of here. And everybody can turn to NBC at 9 o'clock and 9.30 and watch Marlon on June 14th. Let's do that. Let's not do the other shit. Okay, LeBron? Okay, Steph Curry, I need you guys to figure this out. Okay, nobody, I want, hey, listen, Draymond, stay away from niggas nuts, okay? Don't do nothing stupid. Get the fucking job done, okay, guys? All right, appreciate you. Before we get out of here real quick, I just want to also uh, just send a major shout out to uh, Channing Dungey. Uh, if you don't know who that is, she is the president of ABC Entertainment, who um, read Roseanne's Twitter account and said, nah, bitch, you're canceled. Bye, Felicia. And uh, in her, and it, I, I'm really uh, happy that she did that. And we've talked about it ad nauseum. I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Roseanne because I'll be quite honest. I respect her as a stand-up comedian. I've always liked her as a stand-up comedian, but I never watched I never watched Roseanne the first time it was on. It just wasn't my thing. And especially with all the views and things that she said, I didn't really have much uh, support for her. I'm a big fan of John Goodman. I've always I've loved him in everything he ever did. I mean, he's a great actor. And I'm 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 more so sorry that the show is canceled because as somebody that works in the industry, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a it's a village of people that work on that show. There's lighting people and you know camera guys and you know the craft service people and PAs. You know, and you know they they were looking forward to two years of employment and in one tweet, one stupid fucking racist ass tweet, and she got the boot. And I'm I'm okay with her being off TV, but I'm I I am sad somebody that does work in the industry. Um, to see uh, that happen to all those crew people So I truly hope that they find some footing And I hope uh, Roseanne finds some Jesus And uh, uh, the, the, best, the best part uh, about it is uh, um, Roseanne said she was going to leave Twitter After she tried to apologize to Valerie Jarrett But she's still been on Twitter And my favorite tweet Because I, don't, I'm, I wasn't a fan of the racist Valerie Jarrett tweet but uh, she says it was two in the morning and I was ambient tweeting. It was Memorial Day, too. I went too far and do not want to defend it. As she said in her inner tweet in response to her um, getting the can. Now, Ambien or, the, or, or its parent company, Sanofi, had the most amazing clapback of all time. They tweeted... People of all races, religions, and nationalities work at Sanofi every day to improve the lives of people around the world. While all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects, racism is not a known side effect of any Sanofi medication. Man, you go, Sanofi. I hope I'm saying your name right. You better go. Because that right there, that is some... 
some top flight response right there. That's some real top flight clapping back right there. Top flight work. I'm very proud of you guys. That's amazing. I mean, I shit. I, you know, like as a writer, there's every once in a while you read some shit and you get a little bit jealous. I'm mad I couldn't have come up with that tweet. Whoever works in your social media department at Sanofi, man, they they deserve a raise for that one. Uh, 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 a steak dinner or something. Because that, that right there, that's, that's flawless work. That is flawless work. Now, before we get out of here, uh, Mitch's musical moment this week is a song that's currently on the radio that is like going up the charts and it's like a love song and I'm listening to it I was listening to it on um, Sirius XM and the heat they play it like it seems like every 25-30 minutes they play in this song and what attracted me to it is this, this young woman by the name of Ella May and the name Ella May struck me because like in my car I can read the artist that's singing the song so I look at it and it says Ella May and I remember when my wife and I were pregnant with our, our youngest we thought he was going to be a girl and we wanted to name him uh, when, if it was a her Ella May so I just immediately got attracted to the girl's name because I was like wow that could have been my daughter's name and then the song comes on and it's a song called Booed Up now this sounds like some like real summertime love song it's not something that I as a man should even be openly admitting that I like this is a real stretch for me guys I want you guys to roll with me on this because I had to tweet out I said you know what I'm too old and too excited for this song every time it comes on I'm too old for this shit but it just makes you feel like puppy love and it makes you feel good and you know when, you, when, you, when we're dealing with all this madness that we're, we're having to deal with in the news and in, in our daily lives, what's wrong with a little good old love song? So my Mitch's musical moment of this week goes out to Ella May, Booed Up. Feelings, so deep in my feelings, know this ain't really like me, can't control my anxiety. Like I'm touching the ceiling When I'm with you I can't breathe Boy you do something to me Yeah, don't you love it? Hey, feel that. Let that thing get up in you. I'd be a stoplight with my windows uh, rolled up, making mean mug faces so people don't realize that I'm actually singing booed up. I'd be making like DMX growl faces to this song just to not give myself away when I'm in the car. But LMA, you did your thing, and uh, I wish you much success. You got a dope name. Your, your parents named you nice. I was going to name my kid that, but then he showed up, and it was a he. And you can't be naming no boys LMA, because then he's going to have to just learn how to fight for the rest of his natural-born life. And that's it. Time to get up out of here, man. Been a lot of fun. 
We talked about a lot of stuff. There's more stuff to get to, but I just don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. We're getting out of here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Thought Vomit Pod. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Thought Vomit Pod. And on Instagram, it's at Thought Vomit Podcast. Make sure you follow us. You can follow me at Mitch Marshawn on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and I want to just thank you guys again for uh, continuing to listen. Our, our numbers are rising. We're doing, we're doing big things. And pretty soon, we're going to start doing interviews. This is episode nine. My goal was to always get to 10, and then we're going to like do some stuff, have some fun. I'm going to talk to some friends. I'm going to have some of my friends come through. Uh, my boy Anthony Anderson gave me a shout out. He said he wants to come through, so we're going to have Anthony Anderson. We're going we're gonna to have uh, Omar Epps. We're going to have Marlon Wayans. These are, these are my friends, and they want to come through and just sit down and chop it up with us. So I'm looking forward to that and many more. Um, I'm going to try to get some basketball cast in here so we can break down some basketball. I just want to continue to expand this platform. At the same time, give you guys what you come back for every week, which is real funny talk. Shout out my producer, at Kaz1 Udo. Big shout out to at Ima Wima for all the uh, topics. And once again, this is Thought Vomit. We out.